Intertextual Cardboard Experience. Hello, and welcome to Intertextual Cardboard Experience. A really special guest today in Eric Slauson, a designer, a board game editor, teacher, and anything else that you want to add to that list? Uh, that's a writer, um, a lover of candy, uh, a frequent napper. I have many titles and, and many things that take <laughs> up a day. I like that. So wait, sorry, you said lover of candy. Is there yes. is there is there a favorite? I'm hitting hitting you with the hard hitters right away. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, we're getting right to it. Um, I'm definitely a more uh, like fruity than chocolate or like savory chocolatey person. Uh, so like my top tier like Skittles, Sour Patch Kids. Um, uh, I love a Mike and Ike. Uh, yeah, like you know things that I can I can sneak into a movie uh, very <laughs> easily. <laughs> All right. Speak, speaking of movie movie uh, candies, what are your thoughts on Good and Plenty? Oh, uh, anti anti okay. Good and Plenty. Uh, they are not good, and I do not want any, <laughs> let alone plenty. Okay, good. We're we're on we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. Cool. Uh, well, definitely going to talk about your games with a with a kind of specific focus moving forward. But before mm -hmm. we get into that, I uh, just kind of want to ask you about you know, your background in games, whether, you know, board games, video games, any type of gaming, like what got you interested in them and how that's led you to all of your uh, board game work as of late. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I've always been some type of gamer. Um, I, I got, you know, from the original Nintendo when I was like six, um, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, PlayStation, PlayStation 2, like it's, I've always had at least one console, um, computer games, you know, PSP, uh, Switch, like I always play um, uh, video games, board games, I kind of grew up playing, you know, some of the, the classics like Uno, uh, played a lot of Scrabble as a kid, um, a little bit of like Rummy Cub, um, basic like card game kind of things and then just kind of fell out of it through through college um college was like primarily video games and then graduated and it's kind of the same thing it's video games video games video games um and then uh in like 2015 or so i uh kind of fell headlong into the board game hobby kind of discovering that there was this whole giant world out there of hobby games and um like with all these mechanics that i had never seen before like i had never played a game that was like cooperative like a board game that was cooperative i never played a board game that was like real time i would you know like um all these all these mechanics were like completely foreign to me so i um like started buying up everything i could find and trying to figure out like what kind of style spoke to me um and then you know after playing for a while i was like i wonder if i could do this like i, I wonder if i could make a game and um so i tried <laughs> you know did some research on design and how to go about that and made a game and you know my first one was terrible uh <laughs> as, as a lot of them are and uh you know i, I but my my gaming group my, my uh, board game friends or whatever kind of got saw the the kernel of good in it and they were you know um uh 
they did have some, there were some fun turns or there were some fun moments and um, that was enough to kind of keep it going. Okay, let me try again. Let me try again. Let's, let's try this. And so I made a party game um, next and that one went like much better. And we were like laughing every round and it was doing exactly what I like designed it to do and getting the interaction that I wanted uh, from my friends. And then, um, uh, so I was like hooked from the, like, oh, okay, I tried to do a thing. I, you know, um, I had to design a very specific social experience and that, that I was able to do it. And that was the first one that I took out into like larger playtesting, like playtesting conventions, um, like Proto Spiel or Unpub or something like that. And started playing with strangers um, to see, you know, okay, my friends laughed at it. My friends had fun uh, because we already have like that social network, like we're already funny to each other. But can I put this in front of strangers and like, will they still laugh? will will it create a new bond between us will it will it um will the bond between like a stranger's friend group support the same style of comedy or whatever and it worked there so i was like oh great this is you know and the that's the rest is history uh, you know once you start designing you i always say you have like 20 25 google docs uh <laughs> open with like game ideas or like one sentence descriptions and half written rules and stuff and um uh, so some of those uh you know I finished and <laughs> pitched and you know, now I've, I've got, um, you know, probably, I don't know, seven, seven or so games out um, in that, in that span. So uh, yeah, just started out, uh, you know, with, with the classics and then discovered the, um, the, the deep, deep uh, ocean of, of content that's out there and uh, then started, you know, throwing my own, uh, throwing my own games into the into the sea oh that's awesome and that's that's funny your note about the all the google docs i uh i've lost a few games that were meant to be lost on on post-it notes and margins of papers <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so, yes like i said they're they were destined to to be lost and, and never found anyway but it's not i, I like the google doc Despite yeah. the cloud-based nature, it, it's a little bit more permanent. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, speaking of like, uh, you know, the social experience and the game of yours that I'm, you know, most familiar with and have played a good amount is uh, Monstrosity. Mm -hmm. And I got, well, I got a lot of questions about Monstrosity, but I think you know how you mentioned in that that previous uh, response you know, different games might hit with like different groups in different ways and like having that experience with your friends and having, you know, like you said, kind of like those ins and and being comfortable to make those things happen. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I, I have definitely noticed with uh, Monstrosity is I've probably played it with like four or five uh, completely different groups. Mm -hmm. and And every single time, it, I mean, it's not the same experience, but like, like you said, the things that you're kind of like looking for and the things that I want in a gaming experience have played out and just been uh, fun and funny. And I'll I'll save like maybe my funniest uh, story to the end of our monstrosity talk. But I guess um, what was your general kind of inspiration to create monstrosity? Uh, so kind of a multi-tiered uh, uh, inspiration thing. So the first 
uh, I guess like push to create the game um, is my wife is a, is a very, very good artist. Um, and she, uh, you know, kind of got into the hobby at the same time that I did. Cause we're part of the same board game group. Like we're having game nights together. And so I'm in show. Oh, I discovered this game. Like you got to play this, this is weird. And so she's, you know, playing things with me. Um, she started kind of going to conventions with me and, um uh and saw me starting to design and so you know one day she kind of sheepishly said like can you can you like think of a game idea where i get to draw or it's like there's drawing in it and i was like oh wow um i can try like that seems like really difficult and i wonder why there's not a ton of them and you know, like, uh, sure. And, and so I went into, started researching, like, why aren't there a ton of drawing games and like the famous ones, what do they have in common? And um, like, you know, and I asked her like uh, just her opinion. And, you know, she said like, a lot of times people don't like playing drawing games with me because I am so good at drawing. Like, you know, if I use the example Pictionary all the time, like if you're playing Pictionary with somebody who's incredible at drawing, like, okay, that's a bike. That's a race car. That's a rocket. Like you just know what they're doing. It kind of like, it's not fun for them and it's not fun for anybody else. Um, so yeah, I, I was like, okay, well it's, it seems like you want something. We play games to kind of be challenged or to, to use our skills. So you want something that's going to kind of challenge your drawing skills. And then everybody else at the table wants an experience where they have a chance of winning. So the points can't just be based on like who drew the best picture. Um, so I started kind of, uh, uh, yeah, just thinking about, okay, uh, I'm like a theme first designer. And a lot of my themes revolve around um, like real life things kind of. Uh, and so I was like, okay, what are difficult things to draw like what are real life situations where it's like really hard to draw um and so there's like some dexterity ideas like oh if you have you have to hold the pen weird or you have to have your eyes closed or, or whatever um but two jobs um struck me at the same time um one was uh tattoo artists and one was uh forensic sketch artists uh for like the police and both of those uh ideas gave me the ideas for tattoo stories and monstrosity um, which i actually designed in the same week uh one is a game where you're you're a tattoo artist so you're trying to like design tattoos for each other and, and you draw them but you after you like flip your uh your drawing around you pitch it to the customer and they award points based on like your idea so your art isn't um evaluated like based on the strength of your the line your line work and your shading and all that kind of stuff it's based on like how creatively you integrated their requests and how much you listened to them during the the interview stage and that kind of stuff um and then monstrosity that you're talking about is one person sees a an alien or a monster card um they look at that for 20 seconds they put it face down they describe it to everybody else for two minutes who each has their own whiteboard and they're kind of drawing as fast as they can they're yelling questions trying to get clarifying information you're trying to remember what you saw and try to answer all those questions and your memory is degrading over those two minutes um, and then you kind of get to see what everybody drew and 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 um figure out how much it matches up with your memory and give out some points that way. But um, it's as much of a like communication memory uh, uh, direction following game as it is just like 
you know, based on, based on art skills. So um, yeah. To, so half of it was just like, you know, my wife asked me to like design <laughs> a drawing game and I was like, sure. How about these two? Uh, but then also I got really fascinated with um, uh, making art that is, uh, or ways to make art that are difficult um, uh, tattoos because your canvas is, moving and alive and because you can't erase uh which is what <laughs> i like put into tattoo stories that you can't erase while you're drawing and it's like everybody loves that little that little uh that little twist but in uh and uh forensic sketch artists you can't see what you're drawing or you're you're trying really hard not to put your own biases in when a witness is um describing what somebody looked like you have to get good at you have to be trained as a forensic sketch artist to like what kind of questions should you be asking what are some standard starting points like uh for like head shape and eye shape and you you the more you're the more you're trained and the better you get at the job the more of a of a toolbox of questions you get um and as i played monstrosity more uh and as i've seen people play it over the years at conventions or you know just online it's it um again is kind of doing what i wanted it to do with like providing a similar experience where as you play it more or even just in the same game you start you slowly realize like okay i need to I need to ask this question first, you know, like, or I need to don't, don't mention the color because we all have black markers. So like, don't, don't spend the time talking about how green it is or whatever. Like, um, so it's, it kind of, it gives you that experience of being a sketch artist, uh, but you know, micro um, or, and tattoo story similar being a tattoo artist, but, but micro and silly. So um Yeah. That's great. Yeah. What I mean, you mentioned it right at the end there, but I was thinking about my experiences and kind of like leveling up the questions mm -hmm. as you get better with it and, and trying to think of like that, the structure or the order and, and wait where to like place them and everything like that. And mm -hmm. that's definitely something that you said happens within the game will happen between games. And then, then you'll still get a clue from somebody with like 30 seconds left or 20 seconds left. You're like, <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, what? That's not what I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean upside down? Like, like, yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. Oh, and another thing. Oh, another note that I was thinking about too is the way that you approach the design in order to kind of tailor the game to like people of all different levels of artistic skills. I think right. that differentiation is very, very teacher-like of you. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely um i i have somewhat of a um a trademark or a through line in a lot of my games where that a lot of it comes from teaching with you know like yeah differentiated um skill levels or multiple paths to success or multiple paths of victory um and uh showcasing multiple skills so you know if you got a classroom of 30 kids or whatever they're all good at something and and so uh, you're like trying to find figure out what that thing is that you can praise about this student and about this student or whatever and and okay maybe this, uh, this kid's really good at writing but this kid's really like creative and like you know uh, is a great artist so like you know can you have multiple options for projects where like oh the art really matters for your project versus like the writing matters for your project or whatever and kind of let students um 
uh, showcase their skills in different ways. So uh, in like monstrosity, for example, like I said, you can, you know, art skills will take you like so far, but you still have to like be a good listener. Uh, you have still have to like uh, manage your time really well because uh, you only have two minutes. You have to like be actively asking questions or um, there's like a lot of communication. So a lot of times like people who um, are good communicators like have beaten people who are like professional artists uh, because they'll even though the the people who aren't very good at drawing like they kind of draw like a rough shape or like kind of get but they'll get like the vibe right the actual shape of the monster is right um maybe it doesn't have like cross hatching and and like you know it's like 3d and it's you know it's looking at you three quarters profile or whatever but like it actually is if i close my eye or if i squinted and saw it in the dark like that's exactly right that's the one you know because they were listening so that's cool. It gives them um, the ability to uh, get points in, in a different kind of way. And then also like the witness has the ability to earn points every round um, based on how good their memory is. So essentially like when everybody looks at the, at the, whenever I shows you their monsters, you secretly write down which one you think you remember the monster looking like and then you actually reveal the monster and everybody and then the all the artists vote on which one is actually the closest so um and if those two numbers match if the number you wrote down secretly matches the artist's vote then you get a point for being credible but what happens a lot of times is you look at one <laughs> as, the, as a witness and you're like oh it's number seven for sure that's exactly what i remember and you write down number seven and then you flip over the monster and it, it does not look like number seven at all <laughs> and all the artists <laughs> Artists vote for number one or whatever and say so you don't get that point as a witness so yeah it you know you can get points through memory you can get points uh through just like brute forcing art skill you can get points through uh the, being a better communicator and a better listener so you know different different um ways to score points and, and different ways to um uh to uh give um uh praise for for what for, for what people are good at and Another like one thing that happens a lot in monstrosity, and this depends on the group, but I've played hundreds and hundreds of rounds between conventions and and game nights and all that kind of stuff. And um, a thing that happens in the game kind of organically is people, even if you don't win a round, the other you're like your quote unquote opponents will point out things that you did better then them they'll be like you know okay number seven won the round but then everybody else will be like oh but your feet are so much better like <laughs> you, you or like you nailed the feet or like oh i wish i had done the eyes like you and so the witness will or the witness will say like man it was really between this one and this one it was like you know um even if you don't get a point you get like a a compliment you know kind of so um yeah, that like you said, that comes a lot from 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 teaching and and trying to find the 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 cool thing about every student and 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 uh, provide opportunities for them to shine. So, yeah, very neat. And you know, the scoring, uh, the way that it set up and the way you you know described it, that mm -hmm. makes like a ton of sense. But you know, and some and some party games don't necessarily even have that at all, or the scoring is maybe not the most congruous um aspect mm -hmm. of it and it's kind of like yeah whatever but for this you know like it does like you said re reward you for 
getting it as close as possible, getting like the the vote of the your peers and mm-hmm. also the remembering, but then also having kind of the built in maybe the kudos points that you mentioned of just like mm-hmm. having people acknowledge it. It just gives you the multiple levels of of success alongside just the experience of being there and having a great time and shouting out everything and, and drawing as best or or close as possible yeah try <laughs> your best that's all it is yeah try your best very neat so i feel like a lot of the things that you have been uh mentioning tie really well to this next question so i guess i guess this next question is more of like an anything else in our mm-hmm. early communication we did kind of uh, analogize you know creating a good social party game to writing comedy mm-hmm. and well I don't know. I've technically maybe written some comedy. I've never created a, a social a party game or anything like that. But do you feel like there are any other steps? Because again, I think I think you just mentioned them in the multiple path victory and and some of the other things that you're talking about that you try to work uh, towards creating that effectively creates those fun social experiences. Um. So so. Uh, sorry, can you rephrase rephrase your question? What's oh, your, I can, what's I can definitely yeah. I can definitely rephrase. So, <laughs> um, basically, you know, I think you have mentioned some of them, but what are some other things that you are thinking about uh, to create, like, just fun social experiences with your? Uh, okay. Um. So, one thing that I, especially for for party games, um, but I. I have brought it into other things as as well um, that I've that I've designed is the element of like surprise. So um, and this you know kind of comes from stand up comedy. Like I I did a lot of stand up in college, uh, like semi professionally, and then I still do it like a couple times a year now. And like that's most of what stand up is, or I- improv or comedy in general is like surprising the audience, kind of a setup and then some sort of turn for the punchline or some sort of even if you know kind of where I'm going, you don't know exactly how I'm going to phrase it or you know, the tone of my voice when I say it, um, it's like about surprising. Uh, so in party game design, that's, that's similar. It's, it's creating moments of, uh, where you get to reveal something to everyone or, um, you know, just something emerges through, through play. Um, this is a big part of like RPGs. I mean, that's, you're improving the whole thing. It's constant surprise. It's got, you're getting surprised by the DM and then you're surprising everybody else with like how you solve the problem and, and, you know, the story is unfolding, but in, in party games, you, if you go to something just like, you know, a basic, like, uh, like cards against humanity or something, um when a when a, a joke card is revealed um the reason you uh, laugh or whatever is that you know it's a a controversial statement or it's you know oh wow that's a funny thing to say out loud or, or whatever um and one of the reasons why it kind of has like a diminishing returns is after <laughs> you've seen that joke a bunch of times like you're losing that surprise you know um and so like with my games, um, 
there might be comedic writing or there might be funny alien pictures or something like that. But I'm, I'm trying to create systems where that's not the surprise, like, or it's only one of the surprises. Um, but what people produce or what happens next is the, is the surprising thing that gets people laughing, gets people creating something or, or sharing um, some sort of like experience. So, um, you know, there are, in monstrosity again for for that example as the witness um the first time you like see a monster everybody has like this reaction like as a witness like your eyebrows go up <laughs> or you you like panic because you're like oh no i only have 20 seconds and i've never seen anything like this before and so everybody kind of laughs at your reaction when you see this monster and you know um and then you put the card. So that was a surprise just for you. Then you put the card down and then you start describing it to everybody. And they're constantly being like surprised by the things that you're saying and how weird it sounds uh, as they're drawing. <laughs> then they flip over all of their drawings. And as a witness, you get this other surprise of seeing like four different ways people interpreted your words. So that's a fun surprise for you. Then you actually flip over the card and now all of the artists get to be surprised at what they were supposed to be trying to draw and then what you were trying to describe. And so they get to share that surprise and then you reveal points and then everybody gets, oh, I won that round. Yeah. Like, I, you know, oh, I won that <laughs> round for, for being the good witness. So there's like a cascade or like a constant, um, like a you know, like a, a Skinner box or like a, a, a constant, like positive reinforcement of these moments of like levity and surprise and, and um, uh, uh, yeah, little dopamine rushes throughout the, <laughs> throughout the, throughout the game. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a really big thing that I, that I try to bake in as, as a lot of moments of, of surprise. There's um, a choice I try to put in as well um, in monstrosity, uh, not, it, it, not as much because you're you're really just trying to follow somebody's somebody's directions. Uh, but in tattoo stories, for example, um, there's you know there's one client or one customer. They draw ten cards from like this big deck of like tattoo elements, like chains or hearts or flames or mermaids or whatever it is. Uh, they draw ten cards and then they select five that they want to uh, challenge everybody to mush together into one cohesive tattoo design so that's like one element of choice like okay am i gonna pick five things that have nothing to do with each other or am i gonna pick five things that just would make an epic cool tattoo you kind of get to like you know role play as a couple what kind of customer do you want to be like really out there or is that you already have like a cohesive design in mind so you give those and then as a player um i think in in that one i think you have three minutes uh to draw and to ask the ask the client like clarifying questions about their tattoos um and so it creates this interesting um economy of time where as you're trying to uh kind of like i said moosh those five concepts into one into one cohesive tattoo design you can either try to get all five in there like have a great idea for all five and kind of and and hope that everything sings um or if you have like a really funny idea for like three of them uh, you can like focus on getting that idea across and then at the very end like with 30 seconds left just like attach a sword somewhere <laughs> and a, you know a box of cheerios in the background or whatever um 
but knowing that you probably won't get the points because it's not like cohesive. Um, but uh, but you have yeah, you you kind of get to play around with like how much time you devote to each thing and and um, and how you're how you're pitching your idea. So um, and then as the the tattoo uh, like customer. Uh, instead of like one winner take all, you have those five elements and you award each one to the person who used that idea the best in their design. So you can give like three to one person and one to another person and one to another person. You can give all five to somebody if they just like knocked it out of the park you Can give one to all five of the other players. So it gives you some kind of flexibility with how you deliver points and how you uh, like reward your fellow players and all that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, surprise and and choice are, are, are in there as well. Um, uh, and then in the, the prompt based games. Um, so I have uh, like Wackernims and I have um, uh, another game uh, coming or uh, coming out soon called Vibes um that are prompt based and in those types of games normally i have a rule where the the judge or whoever um kind of looks at two cards or three cards and then decides which one to be the joke for the round or the the in the comedy engine for the round so that person gets to kind of tailor what kind of round they want to the do so like oh i like this prompt because it's gross i like this prompt because it's like a little you know risque i like this prompt because oh we this is an inside joke that i know we all share or this is funny just to me or or something like that so it, it kind of allows you to um as the 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 picker that round of the judge like tailor what experience you want to get out of your friends or what you want to learn about your friends or how you want to challenge your friends. So um, yeah, I'd say choice and surprise are the two things I'm most interested in. Perfect. I, I love those both. And as you're, as you're like revealing the surprise after the surprise for the, you know, that are all layered into monstrosity. I mean, that's all in like two, two and a half minutes. So right. <laughs> like, you listed like six things and it's, it's just, it's like a matter of that too. So yeah. Oh, a very neat. I like that a it's lot. Packed in there. Yeah, yeah. Packed in. All right, I got, I've got some questions below about uh, tattoo stories as well, but I think I have one kind of final question for uh, Monstrosity, and I'll share mm -hmm. you my funny story really quickly on that, and then we'll move on. And and basically for the rest of the games, I mean, you mentioned. Uh, acronyms but in our communication you're talking about some of the things you're looking into for pun of your business and nerd mm -hmm. words and chucking so basically i just have like kind of some smaller uh questions for each of them but they're kind yeah. of kind of linked to like the work you were doing for them so i think i think it'll make sense once we get there i, I trust you <laughs> <laughs> okay i i appreciate that trust but yeah so this question is kind of like the springboard for all that though so you know obviously i you know i reached out to you I've been listening to the BGG podcast with Candace Harris and uh, the episode specifically with Elizabeth Hargrave with the topic about, you know, creating games uh, for, for like for families and things like that. And Elizabeth mentioned monstrosity and then uh, her conversation with you about mm -hmm. the, the work that you put in, to do like just some extra like research for the mm -hmm. forensic sketching and everything like that and then mm -hmm. and then how 
and I, I don't know, it make, makes a ton of sense, but I mean, I don't think all games necessarily do that, uh, you know, whether it is like a party game or whether it's not, like it doesn't really matter, but I think, yeah, I think for me then, the question, I guess, is, you know, what were some of the things that you were specifically, you know, like looking into and researching, how far did you fall down that rabbit hole? <laughs> and then, and then I guess, uh, you know, what about the research did make its way into your game then after that? So any, any part you can answer. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, for, for, um, both tattoo, tattoo stories and monstrosity, both of them were kind of born out of, uh, like a career. So a, like a real, like tattoo artist or forensic sketch artist. And um, I've, I've always been like, I love documentaries. I love just learning about slice of life stuff and other people's experiences and just the learning in general. So, um, and I was a beginning designer. So like, I don't know how you like, it just makes sense to me. Like I'm going to learn a lot about the, the theme that I'm, that I'm trying to do. Um and there was also an element uh, of tattoo stories specifically, like I don't have any tattoos. And so I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to put this out there, I feel like people who play are going to be like, okay, are you like, are you just, <laughs> you know, are you making fun of tattoos? Are you, you know, and it was important that like, I, it came across that it was like a celebration of tattoos and like the, the, the concepts behind them and the, and the love that goes into them and the, and the creativity of the the design and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah. So for, for both of those and for the other games that I've designed, yeah, I end up like in, in deep rabbit holes of, of research. And it's one of the things with party games, like, it's not always that hyper-specific. Um, if you have like a word game or, or something that's kind of themeless, then a lot of that research is like just kind of trial and error of what words are too hard for people to guess and what are too, it's like um, uh, just like experiential research and, and playtesting research. Um, but uh, for uh, wackronyms, for example, you are creating new acronyms for like very specific situations. So there's like a, a joke card that comes up or like a prompt that comes up, like, you know, a, a television channel that would have smash every ratings record if it existed, you know, and, instead of ABC or NBC or whatever, like you make up your own channel and it would have incredible ratings. And so there's like uh, some letter cards come out and you can use those letters to make up your own TV channel for that round. Uh, and you pitch it at everybody else. So in that one, my research was like, okay, I need to, I need to learn uh, like linguistically, what are the most common letters that start words so um you know scrabble uh distributions scrabble letter tiles are kind of based on the frequency of letters being used um but that is a different distribution than the starting letters for for words and so um they're similar but for but different and again you're going like english language versus other languages and all that kind of stuff but um i kind of uh, went uh, went into the research there and like why that is the case like that these letters are used more often and like okay i'm going to design the distribution of my letter cards to be kind of similar so um like there's no x's in um the acronyms de or wackronyms deck because like you got like xylophone and, and, and xerox basically and xeric um and that's pretty much it so not a whole lot of jokes you can make with those so um and i think there's like 
maybe 1K or something like that. So the thing's way, 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 way at the tail end of the distribution. Maybe there's one copy of them in the deck. Um, and then uh, the things that you're going to use kind of more often are more heavily weighted um, in the in the letters deck. So that was some interesting research just, to, you know, just about language. Um and then in uh, a pun of your business, you're naming uh, businesses uh, by combining like two business types into one business and kind of coming up with a funny name for the two of them. So if it's like a, a sorority house or a fraternity house and an art gallery, you smash them together and you get like Vincent Van Bros or, or, or like a, a old West uh, ice cream parlor smashes together and becomes the cone ranger or whatever. Um, so for that, I just started like looking around at business names and um, like in my town and just like memes online and, and like Buzzfeed lists of like funny business names and like, Oh, this is a thing. And like, this is a thing that people find funny and, and enjoyable. And then as I started designing, you know, as a, as a, a writer and a, a reader and a comedian and stuff, like I have an ear for, for wordplay and for, for punning and, and, and uh, replacing one letter with another letter to make it a different word, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, uh, how do you, how do you support uh, or like scaffold that type of play for somebody who doesn't have that kind of training? And so um, like in the rule book, it explains what a pun is. It explains the different types of wordplay. So um, in the rule book, it even opens up, like, even though it's not really a pun, you can just make like a rhyming name. You can make like a uh, a portmanteau. You can make like an alliterative name. It's like, it kind of opens it up a little bit broader than just a you know, a, a auditory pun or like a, a turn of phrase kind of pun. Um, and then there's some other kind of uh, support systems in there uh, to kind of help people who don't have that, that skill naturally. But um, again, that came out of just research of like, okay, what are all the different types of wordplay? What, what works with this, within the system? Um, and then, like I said, monstrosity was a ton of research about, uh, forensic sketch artists, what their training is actually like, what their what makes their job difficult. Um, that got me into like uh, on the other side, like what uh, like g learning about um, memory and the fallibility of memory and getting way deep into like the weeds of the justice <laughs> system and like witness testimony and like times when someone like swore on the stand that they saw this person in a red jacket, you know, whatever. And then they like find some footage later and they're like, you know, they were like shirtless. They didn't have any jacket. <laughs> like, Where did you get, you know, a red jacket from? Um, so yeah, just like that got really, really fascinating. And, and I, um, there's some like illusions or, or some things that are evocative of that research in the game. Um, even though it's a silly thing where you're drawing aliens, I'd say like as at, at every convention that I'm, that I go to, there's like one or two people who during a play test will say like, is this, is this about like, the justice system is this about like <laughs> witness testimony and, and is this about like how bad our memories are and is this a, like about the psychology like they'll you know uh they, you bring kind of your own um uh some of your own like 
prior knowledge to it sometimes and see things that that I've kind of buried in there. So um, and then similar for tattoo stories, like people at when I was demoing that at conventions, people who had tattoos would come up and be like, oh, it's like really clear that you weren't making this to make fun of tattoos or like they would show me their designs um that you know they had on like oh this is just like this weird tattoo i have and here's the story behind it and they would like organically tell me their tattoo stories um and um yeah that came out of a lot of research about the history of tattoos and like the different styles of tattoos and um i uh i did research on like um uh, interviewing uh, tattoo artists, like I know, I know several tattoo artists. Like, what are the things that people are always asking for? What are the things that people like are constantly trying to get covered up uh, because they regret it later? <laughs> like, what are you know? What are things that you wished people stopped asking for? What are like, um, yeah, what are like these trends? What are the you know those? And so all, all of that was kind of baked into the game to make it feel authentic to that experience while still. Um, uh, gamifying it and 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 uh, making it silly. So um, yeah, I mean, it, they're all or most of my games are, are are silly and and quick and you're laughing or whatever. But they they um, uh, come from a, a lot of research or a lot of like um, hyper specific thought um, about like how the how the uh, the portrayal of the theme is coming across or kind of what what even down to like when i'm writing the jokes for for vibes or for wackronyms or 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 something like that like um talking about the stand-up comedy history like uh as a if you know a stand-up comedian like in your in your personal life there you uh, you probably frequently hear them like talking to themselves and it might be like the same sentence over and over and over and it's because like uh you know like they're they're trying to figure out what is the funniest inflection of a word you know like that's before you even get into like oh is it funnier to say like you know, but, or is it funny to say booty? Or is it funny to say behind? Is it funny to say, you know, what's the funniest word for this sentence? And then you're like, oh, and then I saw a red window. And then I saw a red window. And then I saw a red window. And then, you know, like you're just <laughs> saying the same sentence over and over again. And you, and yeah, you play test it. You go out and you, you do it with different crowds and you see which inflection works the best and which hits the hardest. And, um, and so, there's a lot of little minutia that that goes into creating and this is true for like every art you know like uh like musicians and producers and stuff when they're listening to music will hear stuff that like we don't hear like oh i love the way you have that like offbeat like tambourine going in the background and everybody else is like what tambourine i've never i've listened <laughs> to the song a million times and i did not notice there was a tambourine um let alone that it was like offbeat uh so yeah but there's that matters to them and like whether the people whether the the listeners like um consciously tune into that tambourine like we hear it and it and it is part of the gumbo it's part of the stew for that for that song so um yeah it's it's it is an art and it's uh you know it, it comes with a certain level of of obsession with details and uh and making sure that you are you're creating the experience that you that you want to create but um 
for for party games, I think, you know, I use the example of like just one, for example, uh, a lot when I'm when I'm kind of explaining this. Like on one hand, yes, it is a box full of just cars with words on it, <laughs> but <laughs> there I guarantee you there was a lot of thought and like research about what words went in and which words didn't and which words like like translated better, which words were, you know, like um kind of trap words like that you think would be easy but are actually hard because everybody's going to write the exact same clue um uh even if you have a game that is just a bunch of words on cards it usually came from a bunch of research and a bunch of thought not all the time sometimes <laughs> you know it's just a cash grab it's something that they slap together real quick to you know uh, to make a book but most of the time i would say um the there's some there's some thought that that went into that so um yeah nice i and a, another thing that kind of stuck out to me from your uh, response there was you know you put in you know like all the time and effort to like care i mean obviously put care into your game which obviously but <laughs> and then to create like good experience for like everyone who's playing it and and the specific example that you provided about the tattoo stories and people like telling you their tattoo stories. I really like that. It's just like kind of like a never ending cyclical experience where the game like yeah. keeps growing, like not off the page, but off the cards, off the, the cardboard or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. That's the dream. You want it to, you know, I want you to carry something with you out of the game. I, th I think that's an important thing for party games as well, um, that you want some sort of memory, you want some sort of story, you want some sort of inside joke to follow the players outside of it. I think it's a, a differentiating or something that's different between like strategy games or kind of like heavier games, crutchier games. Those, for me at least, tend to be, you, the experience is during the game. Um, like, oh, you have clever moments during the game, you have, you know, tense strategy or whatever. And then you're like, oh, you know, Ryan wins. Uh, you're like, yeah. And then you pack up the game and don't really ever think about it again. Or, um, and maybe what follows you is like, if it's a good strategy game, <clears throat> your desire to play it again. And you'll start thinking about strategy outside of that. Like I should have played this card instead of this card. And, Oh, that's an interesting system. Next time. I wonder if I could do this. And you kind of get into the system of the game. Um, but with a party game, I think one of the goals is that um, you have more evocative memories or um you know, everybody's going, oh, I want to play that again. Or like, oh, can we play that that word game again? Can we play that monster game again? Um, and then people are like, oh, remember last time when Jerry said that, you know, it had six heads and it really only had two? And, you know, <laughs> like, well, how did you get six from two? And, you know, they you have those kind of more memorable um, uh, experiences. So, um, yeah, that's something that that I see as, as being important and, and coming from, from caring about, things and, and making that experience and even something like Chucky you, you have this like Chucky or child's play game coming out um, early next year and that was a similar thing with the research like I grew up watching all the Chucky movies and uh, you know the the TV show and kind of following you know, it's like a, a, a great 
bonkers gonzo uh, franchise um, <laughs> but when um, i got put on the team with uh, banana chan and uh, yunsu kim to, to to design the game uh we were like okay we need to rewatch all these movies we need to pinpoint what it is that people love about the movies what we love about the movies what are like the rules of the universe what's the tone of the universe what's the you know because this it's an ip game so yes people are gonna buy it who maybe aren't like massive fans of it or have some sort of cursory knowledge but a lot of your audience is going to be like diehards of the ip so you want it to come across that you care about the ip and that you know about the ip and that you get the ip uh so yeah that that research um goes into there that as well perfect well i i will share my my one uh kind of story that has stuck with me the most oh, from, yeah. from monstrosity before before we move on to like some i guess I'm not going to say like less detailed question, but maybe more more specific, mm-hmm. less conversation. Yeah, you'll see. But the I one time I forgot to grab the you know like the stop card. The you know look at oh, the yeah. So you know the the least there's just like a tiny little monster holding up a stop sign. There's not much detail. Uh-huh. Friend, it's like uh see. So, circle thing holding a stop sign <laughs> we're like we're going through it i'm like okay I, I i didn't place that it was like the instruction card or you oh know, that's the, funny the, the cap and then like we went through did the first round they flipped the card up i'm like oh <laughs> i've i've failed <laughs> that's so funny yeah so I had the, when you open the game there's a card at the top that tells you, hey, don't look at all of the cards <laughs> in the game. And there's like a little monster holding a stop sign. And there's a, a paragraph, like a little blurb yeah. that explains like, don't look at the monsters. And part of the game is the surprise of the monsters. And, and so that's so funny <laughs> that they, that was like their first monster. That they, yeah, it's it's weird. It's got like all this writing below it. Yep. And, and um, that is funny. I've had, so I've, I, I haven't heard that before. That's hilarious. I have heard, I've had people play it at conventions, like misunderstand my directions or kind of misinterpret what we're supposed to be doing. And like four people will flip over a, a drawing of the monster. And then <laughs> one person will flip over their board and they've just written a description of the monster. Oh, like my they've, they wrote down <laughs> everything that the witness was saying. And like, <laughs> you took excellent notes, but you missed the entire point. <laughs> Point about what you're supposed to be doing um there have been you know there's uh one thing i see happen at least once at every convention is like in the in the real game you have a i think it's like six by nine six inches by nine inches board that you're drawing on um and at conventions we have these massive whiteboards that, oh, okay. we, that we play with and uh you every like once every convention somebody will not use their space appropriately like they'll start drawing their monster <laughs> or everybody will flip over the monster and it takes up like the whole board and then one person will flip it over and their monster is like one inch by one inch big like they somehow use these this dry erase <laughs> marker to draw the tiniest reproduction like a, that would fit on a stamp you know and so you have to like hand it to the to the witness and like push it up to their face and be like yeah so this is you know this is the little wings and this is the little feet um 
but sometimes again that tiny little it's like an icon of the monster like you it actually is the best representation <laughs> of what it looks like so it's it's funny there's a lot of uh yeah and, and just the fact that you have that that memory you know it's like on by accident like i didn't design it hoping that somebody would misunderstand that direction <laughs> but you know um that kind of uh thing is is that that emergent um uh experience as 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 the dream that's what i'm looking for uh, and and you've got some new game design ideas like a stamp creator one built in yep, and you got yep. you know, re- reverse uh telling descriptions of what the monster looks like yeah I'm i mean we sure. got make a game for the fiddlerist out there the stamp collectors very great so now i'm going to just kind of i mean so you've been i'm trying to think of the right word you've been a bit clairvoyant in a lot of your responses you've knocked out questions you've been like (laughs) skipping ahead on the test and like you've been you've been knocking some things off but there are still some things remaining and i was just curious for when you were uh, researching uh, tattoos for tattoo stories Uh were there any like types of tattoos or any art tattoo artists that you found that really like that you found super striking like i mean obviously you probably found like a ton but was there any that like stuck out to you like a style or or an artist you're like wow interesting um yeah so i i mean i watched like several seasons of like ink master and (laughs) uh because i was like okay i'm making a game about tattoos i should probably watch this show that's already a game about tattoos and that gave me a lot of information about okay this is difficult because of xyz this is how you judge a tattoo this is how you judge the Um, They get into a lot of the technique, obviously, like the line work and the shading and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of times they get points for like the creativity of their design and and that kind of stuff. And so I got into that. Um, I got into uh, there was actually one season. I I don't have the person's name in front of me, but somebody got eliminated. Um, They were like a very good artist. Like their tattoos were cool, but they got eliminated. And there was like a controversy because they got eliminated because they didn't have tattoos of their own. Like they were tattoo artists that didn't have their own tattoos. And one of the judges had like an issue with that. And like, how can you be, how can you like put somebody under the needle if you haven't been under the needle yourself? And so that was like an interesting thing that went into that thing of like, okay, well, I don't have any tattoos. So I really need to make sure that it comes across in the game that I, I love tattoos and I love the culture and and all that kind of stuff so um how important how personal this is to people that's what that kind of episode and that kind of controversy taught me um and then yeah as I started researching like um you know different like tribal kind of uh, tattoos and um uh like in you know uh uh, like Pacific Islander style um, uh, tattoos. There's uh, there's like the tattoo style where uh, instead of like the tattoo gun, it's like you have like a it's basically mm. a hammer and chisel, uh, and so you have like the the like a needle and you're like tapping it, um, like uh, kind of pinpricking their skin over and over, like little uh, thousands of microscopic <laughs> little like taps. Um, so like that was super cool. Um, and and um but for 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 that um most of the most of the um when you get into like the aesthetics and the styles and the artists um you know the reason they're they're popular or or whatever is the um 
is how like beautiful the tattoo is. But I, again, I, I had to make a game that my, my wife didn't just automatically win because she's the best artist. Uh, <laughs> so I started, you know, like that was like my, that's what the, that was my like treat during research was just to like, look at cool Instagrams and like, look at tattoos. But most of my research was about, uh, the the ideas behind tattoos and so that led me down you know like yeah some of the historical like reasons why people get tattoos like oh i lost a loved one and um this is like i got the the um waveform of their voice you know like kind of thing or uh this is like a thing that's a, po a popular like you know again uh, historical or tribal tattoos or uh we we all got the same tattoo and as a platoon you know like what are the 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 reasons people get tattoos what what are the stories behind these and and um uh yeah so that's kind of where most of my my focus was was devoted towards the this the, the the history and the stories um and then just getting to like scroll through cool pictures was kind of yeah. <laughs> was was after i got done researching I'd, I'd spend a couple extra hours going through uh tattoo artist instagrams yeah Oh, that's that that's awesome. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I I've got a bunch of friends that have a bunch of really cool tattoos, and you know, I guess maybe maybe mixing psychology and reasons. I I've, I've never gotten a tattoo. I couldn't tell you why I mm -hmm. haven't or or why I would. It just just hasn't happened. But I yeah. and then for some reason though, maybe I was like maybe my phone was spying on me when I was talking to a friend about their tattoo. But I I started getting these uh, TikToks about kind of you know unique tattoo artists around the uh -huh. world or things like that and yeah some of like the the styles that they were creating and everything like that like one person made these uh they're kind of like patches so it made it look like they had like a tat like a like a patch oh, like tattooed cool. like onto their skin yeah. and like and it showed some of the kind of the kind of like the knitting work stitch like busting work. the stitch work like busting out and stuff i'm like i got four or five of them and i saved them and they're so <laughs> cool i'm like oh my goodness like i don't know why this is on my feed i don't well it's gonna be on there but, more now but, with you but just clicking on them and saving them oh yeah and yeah I, but that sounds not gonna That's complain cool. so yeah it was super cool yeah maybe i'll find them i'll i'll send them if you haven't oh absolutely yeah i mean I, I haven't i haven't seen that before but there's so there's cool stuff like you know people who um uh you know like they've they've had something amputated and so they want a tattoo that like integrates that or um you know yeah there's just like all kinds of, of cool stories and 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 uh things that are personal reasons to get a tattoo or why they're why they're important and and um yeah so cool i'm i i know now now I'm just going to create more rabbit holes for myself. You're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna spiral. <laughs> That's a good thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you, you answered one of my questions about uh, like wackernims. You kind of answered what it was you're looking for in, mm -hmm. you know, like the the, like letter starting words and and different acronyms and everything like that too. Right. So I guess the only question I have for this one is maybe when you were doing that research, uh, did your, well, two parts, did your recognition of your own usage of acronyms or initialisms like stick out to you more mm -hmm. and uh, which, which like acronym and or like initialism do you find yourself using the most? 
Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I think that I, yeah, I, I learned a lot about, you know, initialisms and, and, and acronyms. Well, one, the difference between them, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, uh, but most people just say like acronyms, like they don't know, you know it's, it's whatever. Um, <laughs> but the, like, when I was writing the prompts, I had to figure out like, okay, well, what are the things that we actually use initialisms for? Like, oh, they're for organizations, they're for technology, they're for TV channels, they're for, you know, uh, uh, ex, uh, uh, exclamations of different emotions of surprise of love of what you know we have I I kind of went through I tried to find like lists of like every acronym or every initialism or you know different uh, the most popular text like what things people text to each other and they kind of broke those into categories like oh this one is serves this purpose so what's a prompt that i can kind of mine the comedy of that purpose or um you know how can i how can i twist that into a, a funny thing so yeah i definitely learned a lot more about you know just why we use acronyms and then what's the ones that I use the most often? I mean, I think probably I'm a like a millennial. So there's a lot of like, you know, uh, ROFL and LOL, <laughs> like, you know, just the the OG classic laughing, um, laughing uh, reactions. You know, before we had emojis and with the you know laughing, crying emoji or the, the skull emoji <laughs> when something is really funny, we had to type everything out in my day. So yeah. <laughs> uh, uh yeah so a lot of lols and stuff um it's it's still like a you know the the the, the interesting thing with with those and emojis now is they are um uh like clarifiers for language that is unclear like when you're texting somebody like your tone of voice or whatever so it's very helpful to be able to be like say something snarky and then put a <laughs> smiley face to let them know that you're just kidding or you know to clarify that you're angry about something or to you know that you're uh, yeah just they they serve a purpose aside from just being a shorthand you know they're they serve a linguistic purpose as well so um, but yeah, LOL is probably way, way high up there. Uh, um, RFL and, <laughs> uh, uh, and then it, which ones I say out loud, there's an old commercial, um, uh, uh, IDK, my BFF Jill. Uh, it was like the, the <laughs> I joke. That. And so I say, I say a lot of times, IDK, my BFF Jill. No matter what the person's actual name is, I start by by saying like, I don't, I don't know. And then I, I just all the time, I'm like, IDK, my BFF Jill. And <laughs> I, it's it's still stuck in my mind as, as something that that just tickled my funny bone. So that that is a of a meme that I carry with myself in my, my daily life. That's good. And it's bringing back memories. And I, I'm sure I've said that more than once, but it's been a long time since I <laughs> thought about that. <laughs> yeah. That's good. No, I, yeah, I, I'm kind of a, a word nerd. So one of my like favorite things that I've ever like researched or written about was about like acronyms and, and how they have been like popping up, you know, more mm -hmm. frequently. And then also just kind of like the way that they've, function within a sentence you know 
and like how quickly they are entering our language and some of yeah. them follow traditional like linguistic rules and patterns of like being like a noun phrase if they are a noun phrase mm -hmm. essentially or not mm -hmm. uh, i don't want i don't want to bore the listeners but <laughs> i i love that stuff so like i'm i'm yeah. glad that 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 you got into that too <laughs> yes yes okay speaking of more word things uh, you said that for for pun of your business that you kind of looked around different lists, uh, local local stores, shops, restaurants, what have you. Uh -huh. Is there a a real life business pun that stuck out to you the most as one that you found the most oh. most entertaining or or just entertaining, maybe not the most? Um. So the one that I remember the the one that kind of always sticks out of my mind again i'm an english teacher so this one just like tickled me but there's like a fry <laughs> a, uh, a fry restaurant called lord of the fries that okay. just like i i was like yeah, okay absolutely i gotta make a game about this or like it <laughs> makes me so happy um yeah so that one um oh gosh i was just uh in a i was just in a town and they have they had a like a seafood place named um two wild and crabby guys like <laughs> the two wild and crazy guys from from SNL from like the 70s like Steve <laughs> that cracked me up um gosh yeah i mean i i'm sure i have a lot of like pictures saved on my phone because i still <laughs> send them send them to people and uh like oh yeah this is or people send them to me like oh this reminds me of pun of your business or this reminds me of of um the one that we came up with um but yeah lord of the fries is the first one that that always that always pops up but i've got i've got my eyes peeled in in real life uh for 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 businesses with with pun base names um and people who have played the game uh also i that's something that you know i, I like i said I, I get dms and i get messages from people <laughs> like oh, this, i wonder if they were playing your game and they you know <laughs> named their business off of this but yeah that's awesome and again that's just like another example of the games continually getting to like reward you through all these extra experiences and communications right. that's great ah yeah. that's so funny Lord of the Fries looks like it's a an Australian slash New Zealand based. It's like fish right? and chips. Oh man, I gotta maybe maybe I'll go if I if I have to go to like New Zealand, I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to I need to send them a copy of the game just like randomly like you're this inspired uh, my thing, but. Um... Yeah, there's I I have this I pulled up uh one of the like um uh like blog posts or like BuzzFeed lists or whatever that that kind of inspired my research and there's stuff like a there's a, a locksmith called Sherlock Holmes uh, <laughs> uh, uh there's a fish another fish and chips place called Frying Nemo uh like there's so so many good uh. Uh, Titanic, a Thai oh, restaurant. That's good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just Tequila Mockingbird. Tequila <laughs> Mockingbird is great. Another English uh, nerd pun. So, um, yeah, I was like, I gotta put this into a box and <laughs> and give people the chance to make up their own. Yeah, oh, I like that a lot. And yeah, getting to do that with people who who enjoy puns is, mm -hmm. is probably like a really great time. I. Uh, got the 
the honor of trying to explain the Mercutio's like ask for me tomorrow and you'll find me a, a great man or however oh, it yeah. goes and explain <laughs> kids just crickets I'm like all right whatever moving on <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but nonetheless oh I like that a lot okay so for you mentioned for for nerd word science that you did that based on feedback from professionals getting you know words mm-hmm. that were pulled from a textbook curriculum guides was that mm-hmm. something that you did with people you knew or how did you go about that i guess i'm just curious yeah so that nerve word science is from genius games and um i had their uh their ceo uh, john Cubview. um i had played games with him at several conventions i had shown him some of my party games and he was like a big fan of, of some of my games um uh, and then so he came to me and said hey can you make a party game that is about science uh, or how it relates to science? <laughs> and um, I had already been kind of fiddling with a, a word game design and was like, oh, sure. Like this one I think works and, and is fun for this reason. And, and is, is kind of a nerdy uh, take on word games and it's, uh, it helps you, it's you're quizzing your science vocabulary, but in the way that like just a normal, if you're into like crossword puzzles or um, like Wordle or something like that, it, or trivia, like it pulls from that amount of science knowledge, which tends to be like fifth to early high school, like curriculum words. Um, and so uh, with all of Genius Games' games, they kind of internally do research, like they send things to, uh, for like their strategy games, mm-hmm. send things to like professors and experts to make sure the science is right, to make sure that, you know, their mechanics kind of sync up with like how the process actually works. Like, could this be used to kind of get an, I, the concept across in a classroom? And so Nerd Words is, is not a strategy game. It's a little bit different. It's a word game. So then that became kind of, again, sending it to teachers, sending it to professors. Um, I played it with some teachers at my own school or some local schools um, and uh, just like, okay, which words are too hard? Like, which are words that, um, you know, are too esoteric, too too hyper-specific to one uh, 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 discipline of science? Like, um, which words are harder to guess because they don't, um, they don't have a bunch of different letters, you know, uh, to, to give clues with. Because in nerd words, the way that it works is you're trying to get your team to guess a word and you're giving them one clue at a time, but you your clues have to start with letters that are in the word. Oh. So if you're trying to get them to guess volcano, you can say ash because there's an A in volcano. You can say cone. You could say, um, you know, uh I don't know, Oahu, uh, because there's an O in Volcano. Like, you can kind of be creative with your clues, but it's got to all start with the letters that are in Volcano. Um, So, yeah, I have to think about, like, the distribution of letters in the word. Um, That was, like, more on my side. But as far as the the content of the game, it was, yeah, going to science teachers. What are, what's on your curriculum guide? What's, what are the the words that, um, like, you feel like most people know still, like, adults still know, like, you might not exactly remember what, you know, osmosis is or something, but if someone started giving you clues about it, it might shake it loose. Like, oh yeah, that's that thing where <laughs> you're, it's, we did the thing with the eggs where we put the eggs in the jar and the, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a kind of something shakes, shakes loose. Um, but a lot of the words are things like fossil or vertebrate or, um, 
like stratosphere or things that like we kind of just know from pop culture or from other usages um but yeah tested with with actual teachers and then we also have um like that led to things like in the game there's blank cards that you can uh teachers can like laminate and like do their own vocabulary list with like as a review game for their own students so um yeah oh that's that sounds like a really neat game and and you kind of mentioning some of the ones that were, you know, maybe like potentially harder to grab and just thinking about all these different, uh, different like scientific terms and words that got me thinking about, I don't know, I was just thinking about the fact that my wife, one of our friends uh, and myself, we've done trivia like two times for the first mm -hmm. time in like 10 years. It's so humbling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like, yeah. oh. And it's like always, always the tip of your tongue, always like, you know, somewhere back in the brain, always like mm -hmm. once you hear the answer, you're going to like, you know, be angry at yourself, but. Sure. But that's what you got. I mean, but if you had somebody giving you clues, then exactly. maybe, maybe it shakes <laughs> loose. Yeah. Very neat. Okay. So kind of on to the final game that you mentioned in our, in our correspondence and you talked about it a little bit already. And that is uh, Chucky. Mm -hmm. that's coming out next year so is this uh well two questions i guess is this your first kind of co-design or uh not technically okay uh, or the first one that is released my first co-design um was i try to think double check uh i designed a game uh called runes and ruins uh that is you can find it's on bgg mm -hmm. but it's there's a uh a game called uh skulk hollow uh that's like mm -hmm. a one versus many mm -hmm. style game uh it's kind of like shadow of the colossus style like a bunch of like normal sized uh like fox anthropomorphic foxes are trying to battle one player who's a giant monster and you're cl trying to climb up its body and stab it and do all kinds of stuff so anyway um so there was that game and then they um uh just released a new version um, of the game called mall peak um and whereas the first one was like kind of more foresty this one is more like arctic uh frozen monsters kind of thing and so um uh, Eduardo Raff, who uh, is, runs Pencil First Games, which is who makes these games, uh, came to uh, Alara Cameron and I um, and said, like, hey, we, we have this idea, like, what if there was a game between the two to kind of merge them together or some sort of, like, narrative? I don't know. Like, can you, <laughs> can you make a game that is, like, uh, something that is... Um, small and and a self-contained experience and he just kind of had like a vague idea of what he <laughs> wanted some sort of like connective tissue between these two ex experiences so yeah alara and i kind of put our heads together and we made this like um choose your own adventure thing where you're scratching off you have like a the the cards have like scratch off on them and you as you make decisions you scratch off things and there's like branching consequences and at the end of the game you get a uh you have like a little uh like a card basically that gets shuffled into the real game into mall peak and so like uh your decisions during this little mini game have like an implication in like the larger game so anyway we worked on that together that was my first co-design uh but uh it was a smaller thing so chucky is as my first uh big uh <laughs> big co-design with 
uh, definitely my first IP game um, as well. My first game based on a, on an IP um, and, you know, one that I, one that I really like and, um, uh, you know, working with, with all the stuff that that entails, like working with studio and, and, and all the, and the research that comes with that. So. You probably saw like a really intense look for me. You had me, you had my uh, interest quite peaked for um, talking about, I mean, I'd heard of Skullcalo and then Malpeak a little bit, mm-hmm. but when, I mean, when I was kind of familiar, I hadn't looked a ton into him, but as soon as you said Shadow of the Colossus, I'm like, <laughs> and then you're talking yep. about, you're talking about your game and the way that that's bridged. I, I think that's just a really fun idea, the way that, you know, you were approached to create something to bridge that world oh, I all that stuff I I'm just it just this is what I like and <laughs> so I'm, I'm should check them out I'm just yeah. like looking at it I'm like okay 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 very neat but yeah so okay so so this is your first um you know kind of like like IP and, and not uh-huh. first co-design but mm-hmm. still an earlier one yes so how do you feel that the like that process has gone and I know that you said you like kind of grew up with like the child's play movies and then series and something you're familiar with obviously putting mm-hmm. in more research and something that like you like but how does i guess collaborating on on like that game specifically trying to capture a much as much of its like essence as you possibly can like i guess what's that process been like to you yeah so um banana and and jules and i we kind of um like all brought our own notes to the table so like kind of wrote what what are your defining characteristics of the chucky movie like uh, or of the franchise so we all kind of did that independently and then we brought them to the table and anything that we all shared like oh we all wrote this or like we all said this then like yes that's got to be in the game like that's got to be evoked in the game um and then as we talked and as we got into the mechanics one of the things that we've kind of been looking for um from each other was like you know oh yeah that's like in the movies when x happens or that that evokes the feeling of et cetera et cetera et cetera so um there's like a thing there's like um uh so you have these like one-on-one run-ins with with chucky um uh, throughout the game and it's something that the 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 narratives or the the card text is kind of uh, written in a way so that yeah it's always like these one-on-one things and it's a kind of a uh, a reference to like the Chucky movie is like there's a humor in them that okay well how how is this little two foot tall you know doll <laughs> getting the drop on these full-size people and you know but he does a lot of like guerrilla warfare thing like comes in and like, <laughs> you know gets you in the dark you don't see never saw him come in or you know kind of hits your kneecap first so you're like you're down to his level and you know like little things like that so we wrote a lot of our uh of our narrative text like that to, to kind of you're you know you are already isolated it's already a dark room and then here comes chucky or, or whatever and so um but yeah we we work together to to kind of keep each other on uh on brand and to to say like oh yes that idea works because it's very chucky and where sometimes something we would come up with like works for a horror genre but like 
didn't make as much sense for like a Chucky IP or uh, or for to 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 it didn't fit as well for like the vibe of those movies. So uh, yeah, just kind of keeping each other on on vibe, and then um, like mechanically, we went through like several iterations, and you know when you're when you're working with ip like this happens where you will design like an entire game it's like all the way done and then you you know like show it and the the you know either your publisher or the studio is like no <laughs> you know <they're> like <laughs> okay um why and they're like oh we wanted something you know i think we want something we want to go in a more strategic direction or we want to go in a more uh you know, our our market research has shown people really like set collection or whatever it is. I don't know. I'm making things up. Um, but you're like, okay, all right, let's let's start from scratch. Let's make a set collector. That's what the <laughs> that's what they want. So let's do it. So yeah, we had, you know, the the we had probably two or three iterations of of the of the engine of the game so from the jump you know we're all fans like banana has made horror games and jules has made horror games and we're big horror fans um so like uh we grew up watching the movies we all like the movies so, like we knew what the vibes were we knew we had already like written these narratives we we knew what kind of situations we wanted to put the players in but then it's like okay well, what's the game though like how does the game work <laughs> uh and uh you know we're not writing like a chucky book like or a, a, a chucky script for like a movie like what, how are, how are people interacting with each other what's the what's the game um and so that's where putting our heads together as designers came in and um yeah but we kind of it was the same process we would kind of go off on our own and say like here okay we need a system for generating resources for the players or whatever um and so let's think about that for the next meeting and if you're in a chucky movie what are your resources and how would you get those and so we would you know talk and come back and somebody would say like oh well you're collecting weapons to fight chucky and I was like, okay sure yeah like that there is an element of that but usually that doesn't happen until like the very end of the movie you know like a lot of times people aren't fighting back against chucky earlier on so maybe we save that idea for like the finale of the game somehow and and then so we circle back to like okay well uh usually there's a character who's trying to figure out what's happening like everybody is dying around them and they don't know why or they're trying to prove that Chucky is alive or, you know, there's some sort of like research, like how, what's happening. And so that became kind of our economy in the game. It's like, um, you're trying to find these, the like proof that Chucky is real. You're trying to figure out who his next victim will be. You're trying, it's like that, um, like a, a you know it's a similar to like a scream the scream franchise it's always like who is the killer who's going to be next who's you know um who's under the mask like that that kind of vibe is is um present in, in in chucky as well like the the person who survives at the end of the movie is is um usually like oh this is weird like this my <laughs> my, my gardener disappeared and then and then the, the mailman stopped delivering the mail and then you know like uh yeah it sure is dark you know all, all of a sudden the power went out what are what's happening and then you finally figure it out too late and then then you have to collect weapons and fight chucky or whatever but um yeah we just we just um would kind of go off on our own then bring it back to a team meeting and then you know 
run it through the filter of like is this evoking the feel of a chucky movie and that's how we we figured out what stuck and then put all that together and pitched it to the studio and they were like yes this is what we were looking for <laughs> and like great we don't have to start from scratch again <laughs> Yeah, that that sounds like quite the process. So it, it does seem like it was a good uh like experience and like opportunity for you to have multiple voices to, you know, do that process had like going on your own, bringing it back, having to redo it. <laughs> Absolutely. But, oh, very neat. I like that a lot. Okay. I've got like my final two questions. Yeah. Um and the the one is kind of they're they're both kind of like my final two questions but this is anything any any text so this could be like it could be a board game it could be a video game book uh show movie that you've either you know played read watched listened to recently that's really kind of stuck with you Ooh, that's hard i'm like constantly <laughs> yeah i'm consuming all all kinds of media um i mean i think uh the i i go with my gut just the first thing that that shook loose um everything everywhere all at once um the the movie was the very first thing that popped in my mind when you said that um just as just as a great an interesting cultural uh piece just a piece of art and cultural reaction like oscar winning and um but like weird, so <laughs> weird. Like you know, the fact that it it had like mainstream success, um, and uh, similar like uh, Parasite, um, another movie that gets real weird. About <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's like three different movies, like three different vibes throughout the movie, and all of them. I, I'm into all of them. If all of them had been the whole movie, I would be into it. Um, but yeah, just just things that are are strange or or might challenge what your preconceived notions of of a genre might be um but still have like a heart still have um like and you know not give everything anything away because people still want to watch these uh <laughs> but like um in like everything everywhere all at once had me crying over rocks. Like, and when you see the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. Or if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about, but I'm like bawling over rocks. And, and it's like, how did you manage to do this with everything else weird and silly and, and bonkers that's going on in the movie. And it's like, yes, on the surface, I'm like weirded out and I'm cracking up, but underneath the movie is like sliding its fingers uh, like into my heart and I don't know that it's doing you know like it's getting to me to love these characters and to understand their relationships and to understand the conflicts between them and all that kind of stuff so it's not just weirdness for for weirdness sake there's like a an underlying heart to it um and uh uh and and parasite yeah there's like weird stuff that happens but there's also like a commentary that is going on that's like weaving all of this together that you can kind of get lost in and and keep thinking about after the movie's over so yeah like stuff that is stuff that is weird but like for a reason um <laughs> i'm also the that i'm like currently obsessed with there's a show on um on max or hbo max called um called scavengers reign 
Um, and it's like a nine, I think nine part, uh, like animated, just like mini series. And it's just these people who are stranded on a, uh, it's animated, but they're stranded on like an alien planet and they're trying to get off basically. But it has some of the best creature work that I have like ever seen in a movie or show, like the, the, the amount of thought and stuff that has gone into these alien the the ecosystem of the planet is so cool like i guess i care about the human characters but anytime there's like a little critter or a monster or a creature it's like so clear that they thought about like okay well this is why it has these types of wings this is why it runs like this this is why like it's oh my gosh or even how it inter- how how they interact with each other like you'll see a monster in the first episode and you're like okay well that's kind of weird like i wonder why it it glows that way and then three episodes later like you know it gets picked up by a, a weird bird animal and taken to its nest and because it's glowing it you know it, i don't know there's like it's it becomes like important, like biologically why that is, is the way it is. It's so nerdy and cool. And it just, you know, I cut monstrosity. Like I love creature art, creature <laughs> concept art in general, but yeah, that's my like current obsession is I'm going to watch it and then just rewatch it again, just for the monsters. Yeah. There, there was, there's no way that you could have had a wrong answer there, but that was, <laughs> that was the right answer. I, one of, one of three, so I've seen everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. It's been a while, so now now I feel the need to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Parasite has been on my list forever, and then I I, don't, I, I I have to watch it. But now this show, I had not heard of it for the miniseries, mm-hmm. and that is added added as long like I'm always taking notes and just like writing stuff down when you're talking or when anyone's talking. <laughs> but I've got more. I've got more Circling. than usual. Circling, so you, underline you, it. Scavengers <laughs> raid. You've got. You've got so much stuff added to my list of things to like look into more. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay. And speaking of things to kind of like look forward to, this mm-hmm. is the the final final question. We talked uh, about you know a lot of your games. Is uh, uh, Chucky is coming up? Is there anything mm-hmm. else that you want to kind of note to look out for from you in in any capacity? Yeah, so I do have um, I have this game Vibes um, uh, coming out should be sometime next year um, from from Pandasaurus Games. That's another uh, uh, kind of social party game, kind of about um, getting to know your friends a little bit better or getting like uh, groups of strangers getting to know each other. It's kind of like icebreakery kind of thing. It's a it's kind of a um, uh, a game where you're trying to figure out what the vibe is at the table um, and bidding on you know, how everybody is reacting to something. Are we all on the same page or are you weird? Like, are you, (laughs) you know, like uh, if you say something like um, running the same dish through the dishwasher four times instead of washing it by hand once, you know, Uh, and you're like, okay, I know I do that, but am I going to look weird and lazy if I, you know, like am honest about that? And then you reveal it like, oh, everybody does that. Like, (laughs) I'm I'm not the only, you know, lazy person who's letting the robot do everything for me so anyway fun moments like that again those emergent stories those those um moments of getting to know each other those inside jokes that kind of carry forth 
Um, we've got a lot more monstrosity coming on the way. Um, we've got some more expansion packs coming out this year. Um, we, we already have the robots pack and the cute creatures pack. Um, but this year we'll have like a science pack, which is all, uh, real life, weird monsters and microbes and planktons and all kinds of stuff that looks like an alien under a microscope or, um, uh, so that one's a really cool pack that I'm looking forward to, um, yeah, there's there a lot of like uh, refresh packs. We've got like a, a dinosaur pack and all kinds of stuff. So just keep an eye on that. Uh, if you've, you've been, a lot of people have been asking for more cards and stuff. And uh, so that that's coming. Um, yeah, so vibes. I got more monstrosity coming. We've got Chucky coming out. Um, I have some like uh, uh, writing uh, work. I've been doing a lot of like um, editing work for rule books. Uh, so you can kind of on BGG, you can see some, some um, find me on, on there for, for that. Um, done some things like the wolves and um, emerge from Pandasaurus and, and um, uh, some other, some other games, but uh, so I've got some more rule books coming out, um, uh, but also like you know, some writing for uh, uh, games. So, I, uh, there's a, a, a horror RPG, uh, called home. Uh, uh, it's like, I think the, uh, the official is like home colon, a map building horror RPG or storytelling game or something. And, uh, that was just, uh, on Kickstarter a few months ago. And they're, I think they're near starting or somewhere close to fulfillment or something soon. Um, but, um, that I got to write an entire like adventure for or an entire module. So that was really fun. Um, I'm getting more into that. I'm getting, I can't announce a lot of the stuff that I'm working on right now, yeah. but getting to do a lot more like RPG work, narrative work, um, writing content for party games. So, um, you know, things that I maybe not designed the whole system for, but I did a lot of the, the writing in the, in the background or whatever. So um, got my, Got a lot of plate spinning, but uh, yeah, just keep an eye on <laughs> on, uh, on BGG, and then um, you know my my socials. I'm uh, at Slauson Designs on uh, Twitter uh, and on Instagram, and uh, eventually Blue Sky, maybe <laughs> once I get around to it. Um, but yeah, um, and then my my uh, actual website is uh, hold please make sure I say it right. Yep, it's uh, Eric Slauson, S-L-A-U-S-O-N, dot card, which is C-A-R-R-D, dot co. Uh, so that's my website, Eric Slauson, dot card, with two R's, dot co. Um, and there I post like every project that I'm working on, whether it's um, in a support role or as a designer. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's where you can find what, I'm, what I've got coming up. Awesome. Like you said, a lot of a lot of plate spinning but they're spinning spinning fast spinning bright and <laughs> and they're not they're not crashing so yes thankfully <laughs> very few uh, public crashes there's always <laughs> something teetering in the background there's a lot of uh, you know emails but uh yeah uh from, <laughs> from the outside looking in everything is is spinning as it should be so that's great awesome well thank you so much like i i Absolutely. said it Thanks before I'll say it again. I've got. I feel like I've got more to look into than normal, but that's just because you, you, like you. My brain was it was the end of a Monday, so that's that's what it is <laughs> already. But I'm like, ooh, I'm 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 working. I'm trying to like 
be a sponge as much as I can. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've given you a lot of things to look up um, throughout the week and to, to watch the, throughout the week and the weekend. So it's going to uh, get me through the week. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for having me on and, and, and listeners, thanks for listening. And um, whenever you, if you ever need me to back or once I've, if I put some more things out there in the, in the world and have something different to talk about, I'd, I'd love to come back. Like I said, yeah, you were, I mean, you were too good at answering some of my questions in advance, so maybe <laughs> next time I'll try to stump you, but no, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to, I mean, I'm definitely going to, you know, keep track of like your site and all the things that you're working on. So I would love to, love to chat again. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Intertextual Cardboard Experience. Feel free to reach out via email, which is vodthepod at gmail.com, or check out my Instagram with the same name. There's not much on there right now, but I'm looking forward to working on the Instagram and other forms of social media and a website a little bit more in the future. Until then, keep playing, watching, reading, listening, uh, experiencing. Thank you.